0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to yet an all-new episode of Renegade's Reviews right here on the Casa D18 Studios channel. And today I'm going to be talking about the 1992 motion picture, A League of Their Own. Starring Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan, Gina Davis as Dottie Henson, Madonna as All the Way May, Lori Petty as Kit, Dottie's little sister, Rosie O'Donnell as Doris, May's best friend, John Lovitz as Ernie, the baseball scout, Gary Marshall as Walter Harvey, a parody of Philip Wrigley from Wrigley Field and Wrigley Gum, Bill Pullman as Bob Henson, Dottie's husband, and Mark Holton as Stillwell. Welcome, everybody, yet again to another installment of Renegades Reviews. Like I said, I'm going to be talking about A League of Their Own today. And i just got to say, this movie is one that is very near and dear to my heart, to a lot of members of the extended Casa d Studios family's heart, as well as a lot of my own personal family's heart. This is just a... All around great Tom Hanks film. I already read off the cast list to you. Phenomenal cast. Like, do we even need to get into the accomplishments and achievements of these people? Like, seriously, we could spend an hour just talking about the all star cast, but we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about the movie. So, let's get right into it. The film begins in 1988, and we see a woman who's a mother and a grandmother packing up a suitcase, hesitant to make a trip. We learn that she's a former baseball player, and her league is getting an exhibition at the Baseball Hall of Fame. She leaves for the plane reluctantly, but when she arrives at the, the destination, in Cooperstown, we see a bunch of older women on a field playing baseball. And the memories just come flooding back to her. We learn that this is our main character, Dottie, as a much older woman after she's lived her life. We flash back in the years now, 1943, and World War II is threatening Major League Baseball because a bunch of the athletes are going off to serve in the war. Walter Harvey, who, like I said, is based off of Philip Wrigley, convinces other team owners to start a women's baseball league, just as something to fill the void in the meantime, while the men are overseas fighting So there's still that constant of baseball, since it is America's pastime. And it gives the people that are left behind, you know, a little bit of eye candy. This is a women's league. They put Ira Lowenstein in charge. And Er Ernie Cappadino, John Lovitz's character, is sent out to scout talent. We see him in Oregon, and he's scouting... The girl's playing there, and he sees Dottie and Kit. And he's thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with Dottie. I mean, right from the get, you can see that she's a star, you know, blue chipper, number one draft pick. Kit, you know, she's generally a pitcher, but she doesn't pitch at this game. She's only a hitter. He sees her strike out because she chases the high fastballs which comes into play a lot later in the game. You know, she can't hit him, but she loves those pitches. So Ernie doesn't want to bring Kit, but he wants Dottie. Hands down, he wants Dottie for the team. Dottie, though, she's she's got nothing to, to go for. Like, she's married. Her husband is in the war. She just wants to live her simple life in Oregon doing what she does. But Kit, Kit's clawing to get out. She knows the only way she can make something of herself is to get into this league. So, Ernie tells Kit, okay, look, you convince Dottie to come, you can come too. Kit is able to persuade Dottie And the two girls get onto the train heading to Chicago. But first, they have to make a detour. Dottie, Kit, and Ernie pay a visit to Scout Marla. Marla is a phenomenal hitter, but she's not not easy on the eyes. You know, no disrespect to the actress who played Marla or the portrayal, but for all intents and purposes, they make Marla out to be ugly. Ernie doesn't want that. Walter Harvey doesn't want that. So Ernie is like, you know what, I'm going to pass on you, even though you are a phenomenal hitter. Dottie and Kit, though knowing talent when they see it. And even Kit, as much as she wants to be a part of this league, the two girls put their feet down. If she doesn't go, we go back home. Ernie, knowing what he sees in Dottie, and what might potentially be there in Kit, even though he didn't really get to see a good display of her, begrudgingly agrees. Marla joins them on their trip and they all head to Chicago. When they get there, they see some of the other girls out there practicing on the field for tryouts. They meet May and Doris, who are best friends. Doris was the bouncer at a club. May was the dancer. And they meet some of the other girls. Those core five, Marla Dottie, Kit, May, and Doris become essentially the core for the Rockford Peaches. Yes, there's some other girls who we'll get into in a moment that even play pivotal parts, but those are your five core girls that the majority of the movie centers upon. The other girls trying out basically get split amongst the other three teams in the league. Rockford is assigned Jimmy Duggan to be their manager slash coach. And Jimmy Duggan is a washed up pro, bumbling, belligerent alcoholic. Like when we are first introduced to Jimmy, there is absolutely nothing to like about him. And I think that might be part of why Tom Hanks originally took this role. Because so many of his other roles, he had been like the clean-cut, all-American boy, and even even Pep Striebeck back in Dragnet, where you know he was the complete polar opposite of Joe Friday, there were still likable qualities, even though he wasn't, you know, clean-cut, so to speak. And I think that might be what attracted him to Jimmy Dugan: is that it kind of broke that typecasting. But I digress. Jimmy Dugan, like I said, he's a bumbling, belligerent alcoholic. He'd rather sleep with the girls on the team than to try to coach them. He thinks the entire thing is a joke. He's just there for a paycheck because the paycheck means he can buy more booze to drink and get sloshed. There's virtually no fans in the beginning. Like, The league is very much struggling to the point where during the film, Walter Harvey considers shutting down the league after the season. Lowenstein, though, he knows that he has something special here. He just has to market it and make a product. So Time Magazine gets wind of them, and they come to do an article about it primarily focusing on Dottie. They're building her up as like the queen of diamonds, baseball diamonds. She's arguably one of the best looking girls in the league. Arguably the best player in the league. So they build the article around her and the fact that she was able to get her kid sister into the league and they even end up making the cover of Time Magazine when the photographer catches Dottie making a catch while doing the splits. This ends up bringing fans out in droves to see the star female player. Over the course of the movie, Evelyn, one of the girls on the team, writes a team song and ends up bringing her bratty son, Stillwell on the road with them. May teaches Shirley, one of the other girls on the team, how to read. We discover earlier in the movie when she's trying to look at the rosters to find out what team she's on or if she even made the cut that she can't read to find her own name. And even Marla, the proverbial ugly duckling, gets made over a little bit, meets a man at a bar, runs off with him to get married and ends up leaving the team to have a married life with this man. But as Dottie becomes more and more successful, Kit gets more and more jealous, which intensifies their sibling rivalry to the point where Dottie tells Lowenstein to trade her But not wanting to move his star player from his star team, he ends up moving Kit from the Peaches to the Racing Bells. So now not only do we have a sibling rivalry here in the film, now we have team rivalry because the sisters are on opposite ends of the teams. And they try to paint this rivalry to be much in the vein of like the Dodgers and the Giants. The Lakers and the Clippers, the Lakers and the Celtics, the Lions and the Bears, and yes, even the Kings and the Ducks. The Peaches end up qualifying for the World Series, but of course, with every high, must come a low. Celebration isn't all good news, as a military courier knocks on the locker room the door with a telegram, Jimmy, who's at this point kind of redeemed himself in the film. You know, he's starting to notice the talent in these girls. He's starting to actually coach them and guide them and mentor them instead of just being wasted 24-7. Jimmy takes the telegram, reads it, and informs Betty that her husband has been killed in action Heartbroken over it, Betty ends up leaving the team obviously to try and get herself together. How can you concentrate on baseball after something like that? Later that evening Dottie ends up getting a surprise. As her husband Bob shows up out of nowhere injured. She decides that The fact that he's home is time for her to leave. She didn't really want to be there in the first place. She's gotten what she wanted out of it. She got kid on the teams and in the league. She feels like she can just wash her hands of everything now, go home, have the simple life that she always wanted with her husband, raise a family. Jimmy tries to talk her out of it but to no avail, telling her that one day she's going to regret her decision to leave. And apparently that sticks in the back of her head. The World Series begins. The the series is tied three games apiece. We go to game seven. And who do we find back ready to play for game seven? Dottie. The whole drive home, she contemplated it. I guess she talked over with Bob. They never really show that; it's just kind of implied. But there she is for Game Seven of the World Series, and it's the top of the ninth. Kit's pitching for a Racing. Dottie comes in, knocks in the go-ahead run, so now Rockford is up by a point. inning ends, they go to the bottom of the ninth since Racine is the home team they get the final at bat to try to redeem themselves from the point they just lost the kid comes up to bat Dottie calls time out goes out there, tells the pitcher high fastballs she can't hit him she can't not swing at him those are her favorite types of pitches The kid ends up connecting. Looks like it's going to be an inside the park home run. The tying run scores. And here comes Kit around to be the game winner. Rounds third coming home. Knocks Dottie over. Scores. Dottie drops the ball. If she had kept control of it, Rockford wins. But she drops the ball. Racine wins. Lowenstein gets the support of the owners and Walter Harvey to continue the league, which, if my memory serves me correctly, the league ends up going for about 12 years at what was supposed to be a one-and-done. The sisters embrace post-game, and everyone lives happily ever after. We then come back to the present, and Dottie is reunited with a bunch of her old teammates. She sees Marla, and Marla you know, tells her that she's been married for over 40 years to the man that she left to marry in the beginning of the movie. We see that May and Doris are still best friends. When we finally get inside to the exhibit, we learn that Jimmy Dugan passed the year prior, we learned that Bob passed away, and we see grown up Stillwell, very somber, very subdued, who tells Dottie that Evelyn, his mother, passed away. And Stillwell really doesn't look like he wants to be there. He just, like I said, he's very somber very subdued compared to the way he's portrayed as a child earlier in the movie. Kit and Dottie reunite and hug and embrace. The original Peaches sing their team song. Everybody kind of joins in in the middle of the exhibition. They all pose for a team picture, and the movie ends. And then we are treated to, in my personal opinion, the best Madonna song of the 90s. This used to be my playground as the older women play ball on the field and just kind of enjoy each other's company, celebrate their accomplishments, their lives, their achievements both within the game and outside of the game. And it's just a very, very cool way to end the film. As I stated at the top of the show, this film is a personal favorite of not just myself, but of the extended Casa D18 Studios family, as well as my personal family. So right now, I'm going to take a moment and I am going to bring on one of those members of the extended Casa D18 studios family for my very first special guest bit on an episode of Renegades Reviews. Ladies and gentlemen, none other than the West Coast professor, Jeff Meacham himself.
1: I have not seen that logo in a long time. It's odd that it's above my head. Um, I'm glad to be here, and this is probably the best way to bring me on because, damn it, this movie just tugs at my lack of soul. I'll tell you that, man. It, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. It really is.
0: It is. I mean, for for what South Park portrays to be as a soulless ginger, I have seen this mansion many a tear over the years to this movie,
1: Dude, specifically
0: the during the scene... I was just going to say, specifically during the scene where the telegram gets delivered and you sit there wondering if you're watching this for the first time, if Dottie's husband is gone, yeah, only man. to find out that it's Betty's, and it's still heart-wrenching, but you almost get that sigh of relief because it's not Dottie's husband.
1: Yeah, but just, just her saying, no, it's George, It's just it just tears your guts out, man. It's just... it. Um, Am I allowed to drop F bombs on the this channel still? I I don't swear too much on this show, but for this show, I will make an allowance. Yes, go for it. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> it just, it's it's awful, man. Just, it's a nasty moment. Like it, like I said, it just, it just tears your insides out. It's awful. It, it does. Ugh. You know, and and, and that knowing moment... knowing that that generation went through that for four years, like constant wonder of what was going on over there. You never knew what was gonna happen. Yeah. So between that moment and then
0: the the entire scene in the Hall of Fame.
1: Oh yeah, it's just, just yeah.
0: Tear yeah. Jerker after tear jerker after tearjerker. Yes. From Dottie realizing what Marla looks like today when she does her little shrug and everything. Yeah. And you just realize that it's her.
1: Yeah. Very cool.
0: And cute. going into the Hall of Fame, like I said, realizing that Jimmy's passed away. Yeah. The somber moments with Stillwell. yeah. You know, now Stillwell Angel.
1: Yeah. Which is very weird to have Mark be like, because for, for me, I grew up with Mark being Francis. Yeah. And I hated that back to I, and I just, team it, Wolf. Well see, I had not seen Teen Wolf before I saw League of Their Own. Oh okay. for for the record. Because I, I just for me, Michael J. Fox was back to the future. I never saw a Team yeah. I like Team Wolf now that I've seen it, but I the first thing I saw Michael J. Fox in was Back to the Future. So Um Even even before Family Ties, which will surprise people. But yeah, to have Mark be like the lovable baby face. I was like, what, 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 No, no. Where's, where's Paul Rubens to make this. Okay. What, what's, what's... Like,
0: you see him pop up and you want to, you want to just curl your lip. In it. Right. You're so used to him being. Francis. Rick <laughs> in Kiwi's Big adventure. Yes. But he's very, very, like I said, very subdued, very yes. somber. You know, yes. his mom has passed away. You can tell he really doesn't want to be there. Yeah, man. Even when he poses for the picture alongside his mom's head out, you know, he kind of gives like a little smirk nod, like, okay, are you happy? You got your photo op? Like,
1: yeah. And Although, then
0: for kid oh. to walk in. Yeah. And for the two sisters to see each other for the first time after however many years.
1: Yeah, because we, we never get that answer of how long it's been. So yeah.
0: they just mentioned in the beginning that. They don't see each other that often. Right. But we don't know if it's been a year, five years, ten years.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I never checked the actress's name. The one that plays Dottie's daughter at the very beginning that the have is that not the one that was the, the lead actress on Major Dad? You
0: know, I don't know. I didn't go too deep into researching her for okay, this. Okay, I will. Mister, would you one,
1: will investigate.
0: See, she's such a bit part, and granted, Stillwell is a bit part, too. Right. But the fact that he ties into so many other memorable movie characters, at least for my generation, I know you're definitely a few years younger than me. So when (laughs) Teen Wolf and Back to the Future was coming out, you were like four years old, whereas I was, you know, almost 10 years old. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely watched both of those as they were coming out. Right. I didn't get into Family Ties until many years later. Right. Back to the Future and Teen Wolf were definitely staples of young J.J.'s life.
1: Right. <laughs> For sure. Well, I, I mean, I Back to the Future is my jam. I, that's my favorite trilogy. I will take it over the Lucasverse any day. Just don't want it right. out there. So... But, but
0: we're not here to talk about. This. No, we're not. We're not here yet. to
1: Talk about Tom Hanks. Right. Exactly.
0: You know, as I've, <sighs> as I've put it out there on virtually every show that I've done, I'll go ahead and reinstate it with you on here. I feel there is not a bad Tom Hanks movie. Right. There are movies that aren't as good as others. We'll, we'll be fair there. But I have yet to sit down and watch a Tom Hanks movie that I have just considered a hot piece of garbage. Mario. So, you know, that's why when Renegades Reviews is coming back and we were doing Tom Hanks films on Dads, yes, I just felt that this was the best way to segue from a Dads topic to relaunch.
1: There you go, brother. Love it.
0: And before I get into my rating of the movie and how many stars i give it and everything i have a couple questions for you sir i as somebody else winners. who loves this movie as much as i do one Can is I- a serious question one's a story question okay we're going to be serious first the story the serious question could this film be made today with the political environment being what it is the me too movement the way that they portray marla hooch i mean for god's sakes her last name is hooch yeah i think she's a yeah. dog from the get go right the way that they imply um, all the way may and making her sound super promiscuous which granted she's being played by madonna let's not overlook this fact but they they seem to overdo the all the way part of her gimmick. Yeah. Even though this film is partially based in historical nature and the fact that there was women's professional league and everything. Gotti is based on a real woman.
1: Right. Do
0: you think that a movie like this could still be made today? <sighs> Would it have to be scaled back some in right. their portrayals or could Penny Marshall have gotten away with making this movie in 2020 where she's still alive.
1: Uh, yeah. I remember 2020 is a bad shit year anyway. Let's I mean, luckily it's behind us at this point, yeah. but you know, it, it's, it, it was a, ter- it was a terrible year. I'm not going to lie. It was one of the worst years, probably the worst year of my life. Um, I, there's a lot that I could say, yes, you could get away with it. And there's a lot that I'd say the PC police would be like, nope, not happening, Penny. Um, just, there's, you know, yeah, remember, not only was Marla Hooch named Hooch, but they freaking, um, they, what's uh, the one I'm looking it. for? They, uh, they, 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 at her dark side in a bar. You know, searching after a man that don't fly in the 21st century, it just doesn't work. So, there's that. Um, you know, all the way May, you know, that's very frowned upon in this day and age. And to be honest, Madonna, being who Madonna was 30 years ago, would not fly right now. So, I don't know if that would have worked casting in general, let alone the part. So, there's that.
0: I mean, even as far as Jimmy Dugan, like, I mean, we're supposed to not like him in the beginning. He's such a despicable drunk. Right. And he's yelling, you know, are you crying? There's no crying in baseball. As iconic of a line as it's become. Right. The belittlement of him towards the women. woman, exactly, right.
1: Just the complete disregard, you know, taking a leak in front of him. Just, just, he, he, he's, he's a piece of poop, is what he is. He really is. Although, I will give dickhead Jimmy credit for one thing. Knocking Stilwell off the ledge. That was the, the best thing in the movie. Ha ha! Got him! Love it. Because you know, you've been to a Little League game, or you're coaching a Little game, and there's that one kid on your team. There's that one kid. You're just like, you know what? I'm done. Over it, and again, you can't abuse kids in any era, so that wouldn't fly either. But on a personal note, nice shot, Tom. Um, yeah, I, I think on the whole, this movie probably wouldn't fly because there's just so much that the PC Popo po- po would go, no, no. So yeah, and, and that and that's unfortunate because I have a feeling a lot of the movies that you're gonna bring me in on that's going to be the same answer. So other than the superhero movies. So, you know, but you know, possibly
0: but like this one, when I rewatched it back to take notes for this, it really struck me with the way, like I said, the way the political environments have been the last few years, Yeah, it really kind of struck me as like, you know, as much as I adore this movie, as amazing of a movie as it is. Yeah. Would it fly today?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The second question I have for you is a storyline question. Oh, okay. Did Donnie drop the ball on purpose?
1: Ooh, ooh, I'm on the spot with that. Ugh, I don't like that. Ugh. Um, Cause what, cause what you've got to keep in mind, uh, yeah,
0: is the fact that Donnie was already the star. She nice. was the number one draft pick by Ernie yes, when he scouted her. She was the face of the league, the face of the Rockford Peaches, for sure. Yeah. Time magazine cover, Life magazine cover, whatever. Right. She was a celebrity. Yes. Kit was always held down. Kit wanted this more than anything. Dottie knew she was leaving after the game anyway, never coming back. Right. Did she drop the ball to put her sister over, or was Kit really just that much better that day
1: oh man i it's you know i have legitimately i think of that question every single time i watch this movie and i have that moment when i'm watching this movie after that play very much the same moment if you're a fan of friends i don't know if you are i honestly don't remember to this day if you're a fan of the show friends okay not
0: really i watched it a little bit in the beginning Okay, But then I kind of tapered off. I catch a a rerun here and there because my roommate's kind of obsessed with it. Yes.
1: Um, Well, let me say this. Um, You might remember this because it was in the first season, uh, the poker episode, where Ross loses the final hand to Rachel, and she's just overjoyed. She just lost the job thing over the phone, and the girls are celebrating, and Ross, you know... eh, Chandler, I thought we had the great hand. And you know, Ross, well, she she had the better hand, but look how happy she is. And he looks at her, and Chandler and Joey look at him, and they go, and they die for the cards. Like, did, did he just throw the thing? It's the same moment here. Because if you look, as they're panning away, Dottie's sitting there with Jimmy, and Jimmy looks at her, and Dottie's just looking at her sister with nothing but love and adoration, and you go, son of a bitch. She dropped it on purpose.
0: But then, That's when the... they encounter each other after the locker rooms, mm-hmm. you know, when Kid tries to apologize, saying that she's sorry she knocked her over, Dottie's like, "No, you're not. No, you're not.
1: Yeah, no, you're not. No, you're yeah. not. no, you're not."
0: So there's that little moment there. Yeah. Is Dottie trying to play it off?
1: Yeah, she totally is. She totally is.
0: Or was Kid just better that day? And I, I firmly believe that she dropped it.
1: Yeah, I I, I will take that
0: to my grave. If I ever get to meet Gina Davis, I will ask her. (laughs) Well she dropped the ball on purpose.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And if she's any kind of professional, (laughs) she'll be like, What do you think?
1: Right, exactly.
0: She'll just totally play it off and she won't she she won't
1: answer the question. She will kayfabe you for keeping it wrestling terms. Uh yeah, but uh yeah, I I have been I have been of the firm belief over the course of watching this movie once every few days it feels like now because I finally own the damn thing, um, that she did drop the ball on purpose to put kid over.
0: What do you guys think out there? Leave your thoughts in the comment box, please. I'd be glad to have discussion debate with
1: you over this. And, and maybe even me too. Probably up.
0: You know, before before I throw up my rating, what do you say, Jeff? What do you rate this movie at? Out of 5 stars. I, five, I go uh, out of 5 stars.
1: Uh, okay. So so we're on the Meltzer scale. Um I uh, no, no, we're we're on the we're on the movie scale. I'm not giving that bonehead credit. Um I, you know, 1992, I say 5. Okay. One of my favorite movies ever. Looking back through the glass in twenty twenty one, four point five, because it's just, uh, the, just the 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 PC thing just wrecks it for me now. Not so much myself personally, but the presentation just doesn't translate well enough to give it the five for me at this point.
0: Okay, so. So Jeff gives it four and a half stars out of five. You know, I hear you, but but I have to I have to disagree about the PC nature of it because some things you just have to look back in the reflective bubble and think this is the way things were at the time. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean that it's right, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. But it was more tolerated. Right. And I feel like those things need to be kept in perspective. I give this five. All right. This is my first five-star movie that I have done. Wow. So far. Nice. I I just love the crap out of this movie.
1: <laughs> For sure.
0: You know, it's, it's one of those movies when you need to be uplifted. To their own. Just such a great story. Such a powerful moving story and it does it every time.
1: Yeah, and there is no easier way to get the American public into a sports movie than throw up the uh, baseball. Because... People have debated for over the many years that, you know, well, football's a national pastime now. No, 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 no. Baseball will always be the American pastime. And I will, I will take people to a marathon of baseball movies before I will take them to see Rudy or, you know, Any Given Sunday or whatever, because baseball always does box office. It, it's an amazing, it's an amazing sport. And it just translates so well because the nature of the game itself and the insight of the game is just drama. It is. It's beautiful. So, And this movie is a great example of that.
0: I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree.
1: And at the end of the day, I also appreciate the fact that I can wear my Angels hat on any show ever because... We suck. Anyway.
0: <laughs> the angels don't really give you a reason to wear their merchandise Damn. on a regular basis. You so notice how
1: old this hat is, for the record. So, yeah. there's some California Angel Era hat logo I got going on here. So you know, there you go. There you go. But you know what? You know we, we had a we had the season we had for baseball, and it was what it was. And now we look forward to hopefully. A regular start in April.
0: Hope and pray, hope and pray. Lord.
1: Normalcy for love of God. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money's made.
0: What do you guys think out there of League of Their Own? Leave your thoughts in the comment box below, please. Please, please, please. I feel like I have to beg for you guys to leave comments in the comment box, but like, come on. That's the only way your feedback can get heard.
1: The great and powerful Jeff Beecham says do it.
0: Don't forget to get these hashtags going out there on social media. Hashtag Casa D18 Studios. Hashtag Renegades Reviews. Hashtag Renegade Returns. And just for good measure, Hashtag Jeff Meachin Network. That's me. And, of course, an old favorite. Shenanigans. Hashtag
1: shenanigans. If I'm on the Cos channel, there has to be shenanigans involved. It has to be. There has to be.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: I'm just going about doing be- Daz. we have to worry about doing the Sid joke.
0: Yeah. What movies do you guys want to see? I've told you guys numerous times. I've pretty much got this year kind of lined up with where i want to go with it but next year 2022 i can't believe i'm already asking for suggestions about that but like we're, we're only not even a full month into we in
1: january dog
0: but i've got so much already planned because as you guys know whenever this man is involved with me we're always pre-taping We're still filming this in the age of Corona, the age of COVID. No one knows what the world will bring when this episode finally goes live. So gotta stay motivated, gotta stay busy, crank out the episodes while I can. That way, as soon as the show does go live, as soon as the show is relaunched, which by now it already has been, I've got a ton of content ready for you guys. That's it. So I've always got to think ahead and plan, plan, plan. So what guys would you like, what movies would you like to see me talk about in the coming months and years so that I can maybe, you know, kind of plan a theme month around it. Like I'm doing Tom Hanks this month. I know in March I've got movies with wrestlers planned. To kind of build off of the hype for WrestleMania.
1: We've Wherever got, it may be.
0: <laughs> may, may is going to be Star Wars and Star Trek all clumped into one month, you know. I might may the fourth be with you as we boldly go where no man has gone before,
1: or no person.
0: So yeah, I've got a lot of stuff on the horizon in the old brain kicking around. Obviously, horror movies for Halloween in October. Christmas movies for Christmas in December. Yes, I see him lurking in the shadows back there.
1: Wearing his baseball cap for the day. He's he's on theme today. Appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. And honestly, by the way, if you guys suggest something and it comes up, you know, in the middle of something that's been pre-taped, he may throw you a curveball. Uh-huh. Curveball, uh-huh. 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 yeah. uh-huh. See, and and throw it up there for you. So yeah, you know this man. You never know what this guy. He's unpredictable. You never know what he's gonna do. Very he's much. He's full so. of hashtag shenanigans. There you go.
0: So leave your comments. Leave me suggestions of what you'd like for me to see. Thank you, Mister Meacham, for joining me on the Old Casa Channel you know, slumming it a little bit today, taking a break <laughs> from the network, that well, you l- want l- to come and have some fun
1: back on this side of things. I, well, you, I, I appreciate the praise, but you want to offend me with cash. What's that? I appreciate the praise, but you want to offend me with cash. Oh, okay. So, Love until somebody.
0: next time, here on the Casa D18 Studios channel, when I will be discussing... The 1993 romantic comedy, Sleepless in Seattle. The second of three pairings with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I am the renegade J.J. Williams. Thank you once again, Mr. Meacham, for joining me. And I will see you guys next time right here on the Casa D18 Studios channel.